Well, an attack on a transit bus in Surrey over the weekend is being treated as terrorism after the RCMP's National Security Police took over the investigation. Abdul Aziz Kawam uh, was initially charged with attempted murder for allegedly slashing a bus passenger's throat on Saturday morning. But prosecutors, we are told now, added four counts of terrorism today. A second victim was also allegedly assaulted with a knife. The charges allege the attacks were carried out for the so-called Islamic State. A kitchen knife, uh, based on reports uh, over the weekend, was seen on the sidewalk at, uh, at the incident. It's surrounded by orange traffic cones, and police did confirm to uh, confirm from investigators that they believe that was the weapon used in the attack. Uh, joining me now is John Daly, former host of CKNW's Back on the Beat. He's been a long-time invest- investigative and crime reporter for Global News as well. John, thank you for joining us today. Good to be here. Uh, your thoughts on all of this? I, I understand you've been reading over some of the court documents. Uh, you know, you've covered this for a very long time. You've covered crime in this city. I know you've covered some very high-profile cases involving national security as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on this issue right now? Well, number one, Jazz, this is exceedingly rare. In all my experience, I've only covered two terrorism cases in Canada. Uh, one, the, the notorious one, the bomb uh, alleged pressure cooker bomb at the legislature, mm-hmm. the Nuttall and Karoti case, which, uh, you know, they got they ended up getting a, a directed order uh, released from jail, even though the jury found them guilty. The judge said that they were entrapped, and now they are charging uh, the police and the prosecution service um, in a civil matter. Mm-hmm. So that, that's interesting. The, only, the one before that was a fascinating case uh, in, in South Burnaby, Hasi Bula Yusufe uh, was charged with one count of commit act of murder for the benefit of a terrorist group, uh, having traveled to Syria to join Islamist fighters. Mm. And I don't think they ever found him. In fact, I think he got murdered uh, in Syria. In any event, those are the... So, number one, this is really rare. Number mm-hmm. two, I think it's a really good thing that uh, INSET, which is the RCMP's Integrated National Security Enforcement Team, is handling it because they've laid these charges under Section 83.2 of the Criminal Code of Canada, which is the terrorism provision. And it says uh, anybody who commits an indictable offense uh, under this uh, at or for a terrorist group is liable to life in prison so instantly we've got life in prison on all counts on all four counts and it may bring a reverse onus for bail it allows uh, inset to go for search warrants for electronic uh, communication devices servers uh, even websites and orders to remove terrorist postings so i have a funny feeling they're going to drill a big hole in this thing to determine uh, whether or not this person actually had any Contact, which I think is the pivotal thing here, Jess. Hmm. Was this guy directed to do this, or did he just do it on his own because he, you know, he was on some kooky websites and, and decided to do it? Now, of course, he's innocent until proven guilty. Where I'm talking as if he, you know, if but if he is found to have committed these offenses, mm-hmm. the question is, did he do it at the direction of somebody? In which case, it's a lot scarier. You know, right now the terrorist threat level in Canada is at medium, and it's been at medium for a long time. Uh, but if we find out that people are actually reaching into Canada and finding uh, young men, now this guy's born in 95, so what is he, 28 or 29, mm-hmm. uh, and encouraging them to do horrible things. And we do know that uh, in the past, uh, Al-Qaeda, for example, after the Nuttall Karoti thing, issued a statement saying, do simple acts, you know, like do simple things like slashing people's throats. Mm-hmm. So... 
You know, I mean, who knows? I think you raised a couple points there. When you look at uh, Al-Qaeda and its ability to uh, organize uh, the 9-11 attacks, uh, it has uh, provided uh, moral guidance to uh, guidance to other organizations uh, around money. the world. Yeah, money as well. I mean, uh, yeah. it, I, when I lived in India, I covered the attack on the Taj Hotel that was sustained over mm. four or five days. In that case, it was different because uh, they all had come in from Pakistan, but a similar ideology at its core. Yeah. Um, it, it, and those are well organized and they had people giving them guidance. They used GPS and funding as well. Uh, but what we've also seen in this country is these lone individuals who are on the internet following um, this ideology. Uh, they become radicalized on their own or they're isolated. And in many cases, these various, various terrorist groups for the last 25 years have slowly, uh, they've lost members, they're, the funding has dried up. The U.S. and the West generally have been going up against them in a very aggressive manner. Oh, yeah. So when you start oh, asking yeah. them to uh, be involved in, in isolated incidents, because ultimately terrorism is about getting as much attention as you can, and, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and it's not about doing something in the suburbs of Vancouver. You want to be doing it in New York or the Londons or the Parises or sure. big centers. Uh, but for us here locally, we've seen this before in this country where young men have been radicalized on their own or have been isolated in some cases, and they have these lone uh, attacks on their own. And it doesn't have to be Al-Qaeda or ideology. It can be a different type of ideology, as we've seen gunmen sure. in the United States as well. It's these sure. men, these younger men, who somehow are either isolated, they're loners, and they get radicalized. Totally. And uh, that's, that's the real danger, frankly. And uh, we'll beg to see whether or not uh, INSET comes up with any connections, any hard connections to any uh, motivating groups. Uh, you know, did this guy have a handler if, in fact, he committed these crimes uh, and committed these crimes on behalf of ISIS? Mm-hmm. Was there somebody particularly encouraging him or was he, as you say, self-motivated, as so often we see? But it is troubling, even at that level, that, that yep. there are individuals who are uh, being, you know, being essentially brainwashed to do extremely violent things uh, in the name of, uh, you know, the Islamic State. No, you're absolutely right. And I'm, uh, the fact that we've seen charges so quickly uh, and yeah. the raise to that point, I mean, the incident happened over the weekend and already uh, there is a national issue here, would mm-hmm. also tell us that they probably were not much sure they were aware of the individual, but they have to be aware of uh, something or s- something has tipped them off pretty quickly to the point where there's charges already on a Monday. Well, the indications are that he said some things to the transit cops. He said some hmm. things that made them call. So obviously he's said something out loud, allegedly, uh, to the police, which brought in Inset. And, you know, Inset right now, I'm sure, is going through his house and they're going through his computers and his uh, tablets and any gadgets, any phones he's got. And they'll drill a hole in this. I've got a lot of confidence in Inset, actually. I think they do a pretty good job. So, you know, if there, if there is somebody else to be charged, They'll, they'll be hunted down, and if they can find them, they'll be charged. Yeah. John, thanks for your time today, my friend. My pleasure. Anytime, Jeff.